Thank you for joining us today. God is true to his word. He takes care of his children. In all aspects of our lives, we must make godly decisions and trust him for the outcome. The ever-increasing deprivation in our secular society is unrelenting, yet we should not be surprised because God said these things would be. We must stand firm, always making godly decisions no matter what. Listen as Pastor Rander ministers to us with Bible, pen, and paper handy. Fear causes us to take our eyes off the Lord, which results in a fear of the unknown. Fear causes us to take our eyes off the Lord, which results in a fear of the unknown and a loss of trust and confidence in Christ. Hebrews 12, 2 says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. My friends, when you keep your eyes fixed on Jesus, let me say it again. When you keep your eyes fixed, say fixed, say it again, fixed on Jesus, not the White House. Not Hollywood, not your circumstances. When you keep your eyes fixed on Jesus, you won't fret when you don't know what is happening in your life. When the uncertainties of of life becomes perplexed to you, when you don't understand what is happening to your children, you keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. When you're trying to take those professional exams and certifications, and you don't know the outcome, or you are intimidated of the prospects of taking those exams, keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. How many of you have health challenges? Jump before, just raise your hand if you have some, and if you don't have any, count yourself blessed. And and, and matter of fact, I hope you never have them, but they come, and they come, just keep saying, I don't have that, I don't have this. Well, keep, keep living the body. Is not made to be here forever, amen? It's breaking down, and um, you got health challenges. Perhaps something has gone on your body, and you don't even know it. Um, through those health challenges, keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. Through layoffs, keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. Through financial difficulties, through opposition, through injustice, through the pressures of life, keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. What is going on with the economy? Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. You're concerned about the future. Will I have adequate finances for retirement? Will Social Security be there for me? Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. As you do that, there will be a calmness that comes over you. You'll be at rest when you keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. You won't be torn to pieces and you won't uh, just let go and just give up. Thirdly, fear breeds rebellion. Fear breeds rebellion. Numbers 14, 9a says, only do not rebel against the Lord, nor fear the people of the land, for they are our bread. Their protection has departed from them. A failure to keep Jesus as the object of your faith causes spiritual regression and rebellion. I reiterate, a failure to keep Jesus as the object of your faith causes spiritual regression and rebellion. Like Israel, many believers today choose to walk by sight and not by faith, therefore forfeiting their blessings, opportunities, and purpose God has for them. Never in scripture do you see God saying walk by sight but we're to walk by faith. As a matter of fact, my friends, we come to Jesus by what? 
Faith. Say it again. We come to Jesus by what? Then we live by what? And we die in the what? That's right. We believe God even though we haven't seen him. One day we shall. We believe even though we've not seen by faith. By faith. It's a faith walk. They were so busy looking at the big people, the fortified cities, the fortified cities, the big, the big gates and all of these things that they took their eyes off God and they viewed themselves as grasshoppers. A failure to keep Jesus as the object of your faith causes spiritual regression and rebellion. Like Israel, many believers today choose to walk by sight and not by faith, thereby forfeiting their blessings, forfeiting their opportunities and forfeiting the purpose that God has for you. God God has a wonderful plan for your life. God wants to do things that you can't even imagine with your life. But you got to believe that God can do it through you by faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. You got to believe God when you don't see nothing. Fourthly, fear causes us to miss God's blessings. Fear causes us to what? Miss God's blessings. The spies had the blessings in their hand, yet they doubted God and refused to receive the land that God was giving them. God had already promised Israel the land, but they failed to exercise their faith and take possession of it. Beloved, don't expect blessings without challenges. Don't expect blessings without difficulties. They had to go over and dispossess those people. But with God, all things are possible. Israel wanted the blessings without the challenge. They chose to put fear over their faith, which resulted in them missing the promised land. Get right there at the door and don't go in. Some of you are right at the door of opportunities in your life and you can't embrace them because of a lack of faith. Numbers 13 23 and verse 26 and verses 26 B through 27, it says, then they came to the valley of Eshcol and, and there cut down a branch with one cluster of grapes. They carried it between two of them on a pole. They also brought some of the pomegranates and figs. They brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. Then they told him and said, we went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey. And this is its fruit. A pole holding some, a cluster of grape so heavy that the men could barely carry the pole. Man, I wish I could seek my teeth in that. Man. Listen to this closely. Israel's doubt turned into unbelief. And unbelief turned into rebellion against God's will, and against God's word. Let me reiterate that. Israel's doubt turned into what? Unbelief. And unbelief turned into what? Rebellion against the will and word of God. And they forfeited the opportunity to inherit the promised land. Number five, fear ushers in worry. That's why he tells us not to fear. Fear ushers in what? 
worry. Philippians 4, 6 says, be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known to God. Beloved, there is not one good thing that comes from worry. However, there are many destructive things that come as a result of worry. What destructive things come as a result, as a result of worry? Migraine headaches. When you worry, you get ulcers. Worry will bring on depression. Worry will bring on an inability to sleep. Worry will bring on unnecessary stress. Worry will bring on negative attitudes. You're hard to deal with. You're grouchy. You're a hot mess. You're touchy. You're edgy. Folk don't know whether to speak to you or keep moving on because they don't know what's going to come out of your mouth. Worry, 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 worry. Because of worry, you end up making wrong emotional decisions. Worry causes you to make some bad decisions simply because you fail to trust God. How many of you have been put to shame when you worried about things that God had already worked out and when you got on the other side, you were ashamed of yourself for not trusting God. Had you ever had that happen to you? You were worried, you're tossing and turning, wringing your hands, and all of a sudden when you got to the other side, when you saw how God worked it out in such a mysterious way, you say, God, why couldn't I have trust you in the first place? You know, hindsight is always 2020. Number six, fear results in having a victim's mentality. Fear results and having a victim's mentality. Numbers 14.3 says, Why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword that our wives and children should become victims? For some reason, there are so many people who take comfort in a victim's mentality instead of assuming personal responsibility for their own success or failures. For example, I did know my daddy. I grew up in a single parent's home. I, I, I was discriminated against because of my race agenda. I didn't have money to go to college and nobody ever gave me an opportunity. My friend, no one owes you anything. You are responsible for making critical decisions in life and then following through on them. Stop having a victim mentality and start having a victor mentality that believes that God can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Number seven, uh, why does God tell us not to fear? We will fear if we forget God is with us. Repeat, repeat after me. God is with us. Say it a little bit louder. Say it a little bit louder. You got to believe that God is with you. Isaiah 43, 2, 3a says, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. Underline that. He didn't say he would take you over the waters or around the waters. He says, I will take you through the waters and through the rivers. They shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. For I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Numbers 14, 14b says that you, Lord, are seen face to face and your cloud stands above them. And you go before them in a pillar of cloud by day and in a pillar of fire by night. The kind of glory of God was above Israel and around Israel. Numbers 14, 9b says, only do not rebel against the Lord, nor fear the people of the land, for they are our bread. Their protection has departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear. Only when you forget that the Lord is with you, you will begin to fear. Joshua 1, 9, one of my favorite passages, it says, 
Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Did you hear that? For the Lord your God is what? With, with you wherever you go. Now, let me tell you something. If you're living like a devil and you, little everything is coming out of your mouth, you live in a life of hypocrisy, then the Lord is not with you. He is, he is with those who love the Lord, who look to the Lord, who walk with the Lord, who take pleasure in doing the Lord's biddings. When you do things God's way, God's presence is with you. Then fourthly, make a decision not to allow people of influence, murmuring, and threats to stop you from doing what God has instructed you to do, okay? Make a decision not to allow people, make a decision not to allow people of influence, I don't care who they are, people who are murmuring and threats, making threats against you to stop you from doing what God has instructed you to do. Numbers chapter 13, verse 30, Numbers 13, verse 30 says, then Caleb quieted the people, shh, be quiet now, stop all that, talking like that before Moses and said, let us go up at once and take possession for we are well able to take it. Numbers 14, 10, they says, and all the congregation said to stone them with stones. There are times, my friends, when you have to press on with what God has called you to do in spite of grumbling, in spite of negativity. You have to press on and do what God is calling you to do in spite of backbiting, in spite of being misunderstood, or you won't receive God's best for you. Obeying the Lord may even cost you your life. You need to believe God and do what he says. The scripture says in Numbers 14, 2, and all the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron, and the whole congregation said to them, if only we had died in the land of Egypt, or if only we have died in this wilderness. Beloved, I want you to hear me closely. Be very careful what you ask, because you just might get it. Numbers 14, 32 says, but as for you, says God, in other words, your carcasses shall fall in this wilderness. God gave the people what they asked for. Let's deal with grumbling for a moment. I'm not going to go too long. Let me just give you a couple of these. What are the consequences of grumbling against God? You know, grumbling is a horrible thing. And some of y'all are addicted to grumbling. It is nothing good that comes out of grumbling. Some of you are habitual grumblers. Complain, 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 complain. Grumble, grumble, grumble in the morning, grumble at noon, grumble at night, grumble at your wife, grumble at your children, grumble about yourself. What are the consequences? Look how quiet it is in here now. What are the consequences of grumbling against God? Number one, it separates you from God and destroys your relationship with others. It separates you from God and it destroys your relationship with others. It tears up relationship, starting with God. And listen, if you don't have a relationship with God, you can't have a relationship with other people. Numbers 14, 11, and 12a says, then the Lord said to Moses, how long, Moses, will these people reject me? 
And how long will they not believe me? And all the signs which I have performed among them, I will strike them with the pestilence and disinherit them. Numbers 14, 42 says, do not go up lest you be defeated by your enemies. For the Lord is not among you. You understand? That's a sad commentary. When you step out in the world and you head into difficulties and trials in life, excuse the English, and God ain't with you. You know, I mean, I, listen, if God is not with me, I don't want to go. I'm going to stand here. God, I need your presence. I need your power. I need your help. Without you, I can't do nothing. But the scripture says here, for the Lord is not among you. How do you survive when the Lord is not with you? How do you get blessed when the Lord is not with you? How do you know which way to go when the Lord is not with you? How do you have God's protection in this devilish, satanic world if the Lord is not with you? Separation from God and destroys your relationship with others. Secondly, even though God is merciful and patient, he will not allow his children to go unpunished. Even though God is merciful and patient, he will not allow his children to go unpunished. The judgment of God comes against those who grumble against the leadership who represents God. Let me say it again. The judgment of God comes against those who grumble against the leadership who represents God. Numbers 14, 22 to 23. Because all these people who have seen my glory and the signs which I did in Egypt... And in the wilderness and have put me to the test now these 10 times and have not heeded my voice. They certainly shall not see the land of which I swore to their fathers, nor shall any of those who rejected me see it. Numbers 14, 26 to 32, it says, and the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron saying, how long shall I bear with this evil congregation who complain against me? Of the evil congregation, he says. I have heard the complaints which the children of Israel make against me. See, they were after Moses and they were after Moses and Joshua, but but they were really complaining against God because they were God's appointed representatives. Verse 28. Say to them, as I live, says the Lord, just as you have spoken in my hearing, so I will do to you. The caucuses of you who have complained against me shall fall in this wilderness. All of you who were numbered according to your entire number from 20 years old and above, except for Caleb, the son of Jephuni, and Joshua, the son of Nun, you shall by no means enter the land which I swore I would make you dwell in. But your little ones, whom you said would be victims, <laughs> I will bring in, and they shall know the land which you have despised. But as for you, your caucuses shall fall in this wilderness. Saints, as I conclude, grumbling is not exclusive to Israel. It is in epidemic proportions today. People grumble in the workplace. You got a job. You, you, you worked hard to get on that job, moved up. You, you're so blessed, but you grumble. Grumble on the job. 
when so many don't even have a job, when so many are getting laid off, you grumbling. You grumble in the neighborhood, mad at your neighbor, mad at the mailman, just mad. Somebody parked in front of your house, you're mad. You, you grumble about what's going on in politics. There's no salvation in politics. Why are you grumbling about it? Vote righteously and trust God and move on. Huh? Some of you grumble about your sports team. Oh, the Spurs lost. The Rockets lost. Oh, uh, Cowboys lost. Whatever your team are, they lost. And you are in depression and grumbling and you're mean and you're having a bad day because your team didn't win. Somebody didn't perform up to your expectations. And now your sleep is gone. Gone, gone, gone. All because of sports. You throw rocks at the television. Some of you grumble at your family. Your wife cooked the meal. Something's missing in this meatloaf. Something missing is this. You can't fry eggs. Well, why don't you fry it? That's right. Go to the store and miss two items. Can't you bring something right? Do something right? Well, listen. Admit the fact that he did. Most men will forget things. That's right. Praise him for what he did bring home. That's right. He bought everything but two. Thank God. Just tell him to go back to H-E-B. You know, just grumble. You grumble. You grumble, grumble, grumble. You grumble at each other. You're gnawing on each other. You grumble about how the toothpaste is being squeezed. You're grumbling about clothes. You're grumbling about washing. You know, uh, grumbling about got to wash. Don't you realize there are folk over in Africa, they got to take their clothes down and find a little river. Are they still washing in these big uh, pans, these big tubs, and, and they're with the rut boat? Remember those rut boats? Uh, rut boats, and you, boom, boom. I remember my mama, all our clothes, with all, six kids, just, you know, washing in that restroom with that rut boat in the, 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 the bathtub. Anybody know about that? Huh? I mean, I mean, how, how many of you ever ba- uh, bathed, and what, is it a number three tub, that big tub? You ever? I forgot the number, but that big tub, and you get in there, and you... You washing and all that kind of stuff. I mean, down in Louisiana, I remember we had, my grandma would say, go to the spring and get some water. We had to walk about a mile to go to the spring. Go draw some water for the bath water. Go to the smokehouse and get this. Go get some eggs. Uh, you didn't just turn on the stove. You had to go get cut the logs and get the logs, put them in, and you had that big old skillet thing on the top. You know, you put the bill of fire under, and then it cooks. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Some of y'all down in Mississippi and Alabama, y'all know what I'm talking about, Louisiana. Then you, you didn't have flushing toilets. You had to go to what you called a what? Oh, y'all talking to me. You didn't have security alarms. No, you just put a little latch on the door, and that was your security because the Lord was your keeper. That's right. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Do you remember? You didn't have an air conditioner. You didn't have a, you just raised the window up and then put a stick crossways. And then you put another stick on the other side of the house, and you got a crosswind. And the air cooled you crossways. Now you got air conditioning all over the house. Four and five bathrooms in the house. Automatic washing machine. Efficiency units. And you grumble and grumble and you grumble and you grumble. What's wrong with you? 
grumbling. The more you get, the more you grumble. And God has said, shut up and be grateful. It's grumbling is evil. Now you want to get mad about, I'm not an alcoholic. I don't commit adultery. I'm not gay. I'm not there. But, you, but you're a grumbler. And you take comfort in it. I tell you what, every time you are tempted to grumble, tell God to give you something to say thank you for. That's right. Every time you're tempted, convert that grumbling to thankfulness. And you will bless the most high king. And all God's children said, amen. God bless you. Hallelujah. Be grateful. And Father, we thank you for this message. And Father, we know we got some grumblers in the house. Somebody grumbled coming here. That's why they can't say amen. Lord. Thank you for giving me this message, and we're not hardly through. We're going to stay here and go slow, because slower is better than fast. Until you get every ounce of grumbling out of us. Turn our grumbling into gratitude and thankfulness. Ooh, you've been so good to us. Oh, God, help us to repent of our wickedness and grumbling. We make you sick. You're sick and tired of our mouths. You're tired of our attitude. You're tired of our disposition. And you want to crush that demonic spirit in the name of Jesus. So that we can be lovely, spirit-filled saints. And people can see the presence of God all over us. Because of a spirit of gratitude. We ask these blessings. In Jesus' name we pray. We lose when we say we belong to God, yet do not do the things He says. When we surrender our lives, we are saying that we willingly live in total submission to Him. Jesus willingly suffered and died for us, thereby paying for our salvation in full. We must stand on the promises of God no matter what the cost, because in the end, we will inherit eternal life free of charge. The price has been paid in full. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching by Pastor Rander, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church, located in Converse, Texas, or call us at 210-821-5683.